lists, uh, preschool, kindergarten, go right over there to see Cheryl. She's all ready for you. First through sixth grade can follow Jane out that direction. And if you're older, you get to stick with us today. So, all right, what a great service, man, the live worship. Wasn't that great? Man. You rock, guy. Okay, you all, all you worship people, you rock. Thank you for serving that way. So, okay. Hey, we're wanting to become an Acts 2 church. And like, what is that? Well, we want to be like the church in Acts chapter 2, the day the church began. Because these guys were getting it done. I mean, they were hitting it big time. They come to Jesus, and all of a sudden, they're showing us what a true Christ-like community looks like. They had fellowship. They were family probably in a way that most of us have never even experienced family and fellowship. And so, and, and they changed the world. So we kind of, we kind of want to be like that. And, uh, but here's the challenge. To be an Acts 2 church, we got to be Acts 2 Christians. Okay? And so, I mean, all right, now, now it's getting personal. So what does it look like to be an Acts 2 Christian? Well, let's take a look. In Acts 2, verse 42, and verses 46 and 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I mean, right there, we could do a sermon series right on that. It goes on, verses 46, 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. Go, Karen, Brett. And they ate, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And so there you go. That's what an Acts 2 church like looks like, and that's what an Acts 2 Christians look like. So how do we get there? And so to help you guys get there, we're challenging you to get on the trail. Did we get ahead of ourselves, Lise? No, I didn't. Go back. 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 There. We'll get there. <laughs> so, it's a good thing my wife is back there. You know, we're going to have a good lunch. Anyhow, so we get on the trail. And I know some of you guys are sick and tired of seeing this thing. But it's so basic and simple. We got to get, become an Acts 2 Christian, you got to get on the trail. And each place on the map here represents a place you have to get to, I have to get to, to become an Acts 2 Christian, to experience God and reflect Christ. And the very first thing we have to do is get on the trailhead, and that's where we just show up. We have to be willing. It's about willingness, and each time I'm willing at least to just show up, make an appearance. And more than once, Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up meeting our, uh, with one another, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I talked about this three weeks ago. And by the way, if you're motivated, you can go to our website and listen to all these messages. Okay. But you probably won't do that until you get to the step we're talking about today. But you can do that if you want. So you got to show up. The, Acts, the Christians in here in Act two, Acts 2, they showed up, not just on Sundays, not just once a week. They were showing up every day. That's pretty amazing. So the second thing we need to do then is get on the friend's path, and we need to start making friends and develop relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we definitely see that happening here in Acts chapter to especially verse 46 every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes they ate together with glad and sincere hearts these guys were tight they were they just loved each other and they had deep relationships and i gotta say in my life i've had deep deep relationships 
with my church family that um, is at par, if not deeper, than my family family. Okay? Really important. And those relationships change your life. Okay? That's fellowship. So get on the friend's path. But we eventually need to get to what we're calling base camp. You all know what a base camp is. And so, like, if you're going to go climb some mountain, you just don't go climb the mountain. You get close. You get up to the base, and you set up a base camp, and it's your base of operations. It's where you equip. It's where you, you know, get ready for the climb. And uh, base camp is where we learn, and we learn together, and we primarily learn the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, Paul says, All Scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so, if we're to experience God and reflect Christ, if we're to become Acts 2 Christians, if we're going to become mature and equipped followers of Jesus, we need to get to base camp and start learning. And it's a whole different level of willingness, okay? Uh, Last week, Mike started us out on base camp, and he talked to us about how we need to learn together. Awesome. Like five things that happen when we do that, when we get together like this and learn together. And so uh, we have that. Today I'm giving you part two on this message on base camp. And it's not just about learning together. It's just about learning, whether you're together or on your own. Because learning happens together, but a lot of the learning we have to do is on my own. And, you know, I'm amazed at the learning I do on my own. I read my Bible and study it on my own. You know, I listen to messages or podcasts or watch videos. I read books on my own because for some reason I'm motivated. I want to learn stuff about God. I'm at base camp, you know, and it's just, I just kind of live at base camp. I just, I'm always taking stuff in. And, uh, and that's what we do. And we all need to get there. And it's not just where we learn once in a while, it's where we become lifelong learners. We become motivated to become learners in life, and we never arrive. I've been walking with Jesus for a while. I've been a pastor for a while. Do you think I know it all? <laughs> you notice how they laugh, you know, right? No! Got a lot to learn. There's a lot of stuff I need to unlearn. And it all happens at base camp. And we need to learn how to follow Jesus and get in the Bible. And, you know, we, we got to get to base camp to learn about how to be disciples of Jesus. And so it's, it's, you know, that's what this is about. Unfortunately, not everyone gets to or stays at base camp because our interest in learning gets eclipsed by all the other stuff we're doing. Instead of learning either together or by ourselves, there are so many other things to do. There's always another movie on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever, Hulu, that you want to watch. There's always some podcast. There's always other things to do, things to do at house, bills to pay, family activities to go to. There is so much competition that we fail to stay at base camp or even get to base camp and uh, I like what Peter says in First Peter, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Peter says we should actually crave learning. We should crave it, want it so badly that other things don't 
take its place. It becomes a priority with us. Have you ever had a craving for something? Yes. Have you ever had that kind of craving for God, for learning about God? Well, once back, you know, in 2000, you know, yeah, I don't know. Where are you at today? Is that craving there, craving there for you today? And uh, as, as we try to get everyone on the trail, it's hard just to get people to show up. Okay, that's a challenge. It's even harder to get people to make friends and develop the fellowship that the Bible describes. But it's really hard to get people to base camp. It's really hard because we are so conflicted. How many of you went to grade school? Every, any other, I never went. No, I, I think we all went. How many of you, when you were in grade school, would have gone to grade school had they not made you go to grade school? Okay, yeah, Don Twing. Now I can see Don. Oh, yeah, let's go. No, we, most of us, even if we liked to go on a treat day or whatever, you know, field trips, you know, we wouldn't have gone had we not been made to go. Now, interestingly enough, as we go through the grades, as we get older and we, you know, all of a sudden something happens in us and a few of us begin to see the value of education, of learning, and we actually kind of get into it. And I didn't get there till college. And so, you know, it, it, it takes a while, but eventually we, we want to learn and we do it on our own accord. No one has to make us learn. Okay. And, uh, and we start learning and the problem is, you know, in church, that doesn't happen. No one can make you go to the basic classes. And uh, when you get to base camp, you begin feeling and sensing the value of learning, and you just do it. Because God puts the hunger in you, or you just want, it just happens. But we struggle with that, you know, and uh, we see the value... But also realize this, showing up to class does not mean you're learning anything, okay? Because you can show up and not learn. How many of you attended grade school, high school, college? How many of you attended a class and got nothing out of it? Yeah, everybody's going, been there, slept through that one. Guess what? That happens here. Just because you show up doesn't mean you're learning anything. Because you show up doesn't mean you're at base camp. When you're at base camp, you're engaging. You're listening. You're trying to remember. You might be taking notes. Uh, there might even be tests. Okay? You're, at least you're trying to apply what you're learning. And that's the chance. If we... Here's something to think about. Um, well, uh, let me get there real quick. And so we have this problem in church where people show up but they don't learn. And Hebrews 5 talks about this. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you're slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Ouch. And we have that problem here. Okay? And uh, many Christians, again, are attending Here's something to think about. Many, many Christians have attended church a long time. You know, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40, up to, you know, a long time. Think about this. If you've attended church 15 to 20 years and say you've gone to Sunday and maybe a midweek study, do you realize you've attended enough classes to earn a degree? 
Have you learned anything? Hopefully, but if we gave a test, would you pass the test? See the challenge? It's, you, you can show up for years and years and never really learn. Could you, te- could you share anything that you've learned with someone else? Because by this time, a lot of us ought to be teachers. At least we can share when we're asked. And uh, we learn at base camp. And by the way, he goes on and says more about this in Hebrews. In verse 13, he says, Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That's base camp stuff. And many of us haven't got there yet. Again, there's a lot of Christians who show up and never get to base camp. Paul scolds the Corinthians, the, church, the Christians in Corinth. He says, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. Double ouch. But you see, in our culture, in our day, a lot of, that's what church is. You just show up, put your time in. We want to get to base camp. Compare these passages to what we see in Acts chapter 2. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and of prayer. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. These guys were serious learners. They were at base camp, and we want to become an Acts 2 church, therefore we need to become Acts 2 Christians, and if we're going to become Acts 2 Christians, we need to get to base camp. That's all there is to it. It's about getting serious about learning. So why is base camp so important? What do we need to learn? Well, first off, base camp prepares us for the pilgrim's path. That's next. Next month, we're going to start talking about the pilgrim's path. And most of our deepest God experiences are going to happen on the pilgrim's path. Some of the greatest life change is going to happen on the pilgrim's path. So come next month and learn about the pilgrim's path. But I got to tell you, the pilgrim's path, you're not going to make it unless you've been to base camp. Because we're talking about climbing mountains. We're talking about going through rough terrain. We're talking about difficult, we're talking about bringing God into real life stuff. And you're going to have to have some base camp equipping and training and preparation. And base camp is also a place we come back to after we've been beat up on the pilgrim's path. So we come back to refuel and learn, you know, how do I climb this mountain? How do I handle this trail? What, you know, because there's obstacles, there's challenges, there's even enemies on the pilgrim's path. Base camp is where we prepare and get ready for the pilgrim's path. And, uh, you know, and so that's what the challenge, and, and the challenge might be your marriage. The challenge might be raising kids. The challenge might be finances. The challenge might just be accepting Jesus. The challenge might be how to be Christ-like in a tough work environment. The challenge might be an addiction or an emotional issue or a, a trauma in your past. There's all sorts of things we struggle with on the pilgrim's path, but base camp is where we get the know-how, the learn-how, the support to get us through it. At base camp, we get prepared and equipped to take higher and further treks on the pilgrim's path. And each time we go a little higher. Look back at verse 42 in Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I mean, they devoted themselves. They didn't just do it once in a while when it was convenient. 
And understand when they talk about the apostles' teaching, for us, that's the Bible. Now, I had my Bible up here. I don't know where it went, but it's the Bible, the apostles' teaching. And, and so our primary resource, textbook, training manual, is the Bible. And then everything we teach out of that comes from the Bible. So what do we learn at base camp? Well, we learn basic Bible stuff. You start out by learning the books of the Bible. Why, do we, why is there an Old Testament, New Testament? You know, uh, that kind of stuff. By the way, we have a great class out in the ark, this building over here, first room. Jane teaches it, and it's, it's a great class to go to to learn Bible basics. We offer it every Sunday forever and ever. You can go and get schooled up. By the way, our two home groups that are starting this week at uh, Betty and Steve's and Renee's, we're gonna, they're going to be starting with a, a, a class on the Gospel of Mark with Francis Chan. It's awesome. And so, great discussion. I mean, it's, it's Bible stuff. And uh, what else do we learn? Well, we learn, out, we learn about God, who God is. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. We learn how God wants to have a relationship with our life. We learn how to listen to God and listen to Jesus and know God's will. We learn how sin, our sin nature, separates from God and how gnarly of a problem that is and how the gospel responds to that. And we do learn the gospel, how our separation from God is solved by Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead. And we, we learn biblical wisdom at base camp. Again, back to things like how to have a godly marriage or be a godly husband or wife or, you know, love and respect, how to communicate, how to resolve conflict, how to handle finances, how and when to establish boundaries, knowing our gifts. These are all things that we need to know and we learn them at base camp. Okay, now, I realize that I might be overwhelming some of you with this, like, geez, pastor, I just came to, you know, meet Jesus and this is a lot. And I know I might be coming along on a little too strong. Understand, it's only because we see, kind of, what God is doing in your lives and our lives and what he wants us to become. And most of us don't get it. We live our lives very myopic. We don't see the big picture. We don't see what God is calling us to. We don't see the work of God that God is doing in our lives. You know, we don't see. How many of you think you're living up to your potential in Christ? Don't even know what that is. We don't see what we're going to become. You know, it, it just is. And when you see it, you go, okay, bring it on. I want to learn. I got to learn. At base camp, we start waking up. We just start waking up to what God has called us to be in Christ. But many of us are hitting the snooze button. We are very privileged to have one of the best and well-known preschools around in this church. It's amazing. Yeah, they're great. Every week I get to see Becky and her Ninja Warriors and I got to tell you, handle these little bodies, you know, girls and boys. And they're just, I just look at, I could never do it. It's just insane what they do and how they do it. And when I come out here, I'm just in awe. And here's the thing. When I come out here and watch all these little kids, you know what I'm struck with about preschoolers and that, that whole age group? You know what gets me the most about that group of kids? 
they are absolutely and wholly oblivious. Right? I mean, they're just, these guys, some of these kids are just waking up to the fact there's other people in the room. Okay, standing in line is a big deal. I watched the, they have to teach these kids to stand in line, and they need to be repeated again and again. Don't even get started on walking in single file. Okay, that's preschool 202 and 303. These kids are oblivious. They have no clue what's going on around them or inside them. I can't tell you the times I've almost got run over by a preschooler running a million miles an hour while looking behind them. oblivious, and I don't know which way to go, because I know whichever way I go, that's the way they're going to go. It's like, you know, they're oblivious. They just don't know. But by the end of the year, these little people have a little more awareness. They know a little bit more. They understand a little bit more, thanks to the patient guidance of these teachers who are helping these kids wake up to what life is, what the world is, what they're supposed to become. Guess what, folks? We're a little oblivious. We just, you know, we're just learning to walk and get in line. For crying out, like, just get in line, folks. Just pay attention. And, oh, yeah, these guys, these teachers are constantly having to get these kids to pay attention because they're not. I mean, any shiny thing in their room, and they're looking at that. And I got to tell you, we're the same way. And God is always doing this, and come on. I got things for you. You're growing up. I want you to be something that you don't understand yet. And as you begin to understand, you catch the vision and you go, oh, I guess I do want to learn this. This is practical. How many of you in high school says, why do we have to learn this? I don't see when I'm ever going to use this. And then 20 years later, man, I'm glad I learned that, or I wish I would have. Oh, man. It's, It's preschool all over again. And I know I'm a little oblivious still after all these years, but our actions and behaviors make it clear that we have no clue that what it is that God is really doing in our lives. Ephesians 2, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, good, do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. That passage doesn't even do justice, but we are his workmanship. It's the Greek word poema, which means a poem or a work of art. We have no clue. Philippians 1.6, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Base camp is where we start waking up. And we get excited about learning. And then we get motivated to take the next step and go, okay, I think I'll try Pilgrim's Path because that's when we get serious and come back next week to learn that. My sister Pam is an amazing creative and she's a great writer, and she, she wrote a bunch of poetry, but this one poem she wrote, has, I've used it many times throughout the years, and uh, she wrote it when her young daughter was just a toddler, and uh, Dawn Marie, and this is, this is the poem, and the, the title of the poem is Tall Trees and Toddlers, and this is what she said, I took you to the tall trees today, Hand in hand, I led you haltingly down the drive to where the firs stand straight and tall, but glorious height you didn't even see. 
You stood entranced by birdies playing the limbs and savored the fresh-born breezes fanned your way. See the treetops, exclaimed I, head tipped heavenward. But breeze and birds and breezes were sufficient for today. I longed that you'd be awed by their great majesty. I prayed you'd note their spirit straight and tall, reaching heights that glorify our precious Lord. You far to go, O dearest child so small. I took you to the tall trees today, but treetops were not what you chose to see. You do not know the scope of what I hope for you, nor I the heights my Savior hopes for me. Get to base camp. Let's all stand for a closing word of prayer. Father in heaven, you are awesome. You are the most amazing parent. And some of us didn't have great parents. Some of us had fantastic parents. But you are the best parent. And may we just submit to your parenting, your teaching, your discipline. But Father, may we get to the place to base camp where we take seriously your words and become a truly willing and, and crave the milk and the meat that you have to offer so that we could become everything you meant for us to be. Guide us as we go from this place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.